Good day to you. We are reading in the book of Galatians, the epistle of Galatians. We are ready to read chapter 3. But I want to pick up from the very tail end of uh, Galatians 2 so we understand where Paul is. So Paul was talking to the Galatians and he's talking to them about being justified by faith in Christ. So here let me read um, I think even just the last um, two verses. Let me look here. Um, I have been crucified with Christ that is in him. I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not ignore or nullify the gracious gift of the grace of God, his amazing unmerited favor. For if righteousness comes through observing the law, then Christ died needlessly. His suffering and death would have had no purpose whatsoever. And what Paul is explaining to the <clears throat> Galatians is that, you know, they do not need the law. The law is not, um, the law does not bring about salvation, that, that Jesus is bringing about salvation, faith in Jesus, belief in Jesus, that grace of God that is given to us. Um, if righteousness and salvation came through the law, then we would have had no need for a Messiah and for Jesus to come and uh, do what he did. So he's going to continue on here in chapter 3. This is Galatians chapter 3 again. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. O oh, you foolish and thoughtless and superficial Galatians, who has bewitched you that you would act like this, to whom right before your very eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified in the gospel message? This is all I want to ask of you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as the result of obeying the requirements of the law? Or was it the result of hearing the message of salvation and with faith believing it? Are you so foolish and senseless? Having begun your new life by faith with the Spirit, are you now being perfected and reaching spiritual maturity by the flesh? That is, by your own works and efforts to keep the law? Have you suffered so many things and experienced so much all for nothing, if indeed it was all for nothing? And what's what's going on here is Paul is trying to correct them. Some some false teachers came through and telling them they had to observe the law and all these different things. And of course the Galatians being Gentiles would not necessarily I'm gonna say they would not necessarily know better, they were fooled or, or you know, tricked. Um and Paul is trying to correct that. So then, does he who supplies you with his marvelous Holy Spirit and works miracles among you do it as a result of the works of the law which you perform, or because you believe confidently in the message which you heard with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, as conformity to God's will and purpose, so it is with you also. So understand that it is the people who live by faith, with confidence in the power and goodness of God, who are the true sons of Abraham. So Paul is again expressing, and we've, we've seen and heard this before, that the true spiritual sons of Abraham that were given the promise of God way back in Genesis, 
are the ones who believe and do so through faith, not through acts of the law. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, proclaimed the good news of the Savior to Abraham in advance with this promise saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are people of faith, whether Jew or Gentile, are blessed and favored by God and declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty and placed in right standing with him along with Abraham, the believer. See, Abraham believed in God and put his faith and trust in God. And this was before even circumcision. He was counted as being you know, faithful and his belief counted him as being righteous. For all who depend on the law, seeking justification and salvation by obedience to the law and the observance of rituals, are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed, condemned to destruction, is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, so as to practice them. Now it is clear that no one is justified that is declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty and placed in right standing before God by the law. For the righteous, the just, the upright, shall live by faith. That's a, a quote from the scriptures. But the law does not rest on or require faith. It has nothing to do with faith, but instead the law says, He who practices them, the things prescribed by the law, shall live by them instead of faith. Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs crucified on a tree, and you could say cross, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might also come to the Gentiles, so that we would all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. Brothers and sisters, I speak in terms of human relations. Well, hold on, let me stop there and back up for a minute. So, again, Paul is stressing to another group here, okay, and this we need to realize this is something that needs to be stressed to us, that we're not, we're not given salvation by following the law by following the do's and don'ts and all this stuff you know <clears throat> there's a reason Jesus only gave us two commandments everything else in the New Testament is instructional it's instructions to help us have wisdom and learn and have discernment and know what is right and wrong for us to do without without all the little commandments which then become a hindrance to a person going through life and, and doing the right things from the heart. So if you have that letter of the law going on, it's very hard for you to act correctly out of your heart because now you have to follow this letter of the law even when that law is not really spiritually and heartfelt correct. You know what I mean? It's kind of like our laws, our justice system and our laws. Sometimes the letter of the law which, you know, lawyers and all the judges and all them, they follow, sometimes it is wrong. Sometimes it gets things wrong because it is imperfect and it has no heart, it has no feeling, it has no spirit. So when you follow it, yes, by and large, you can make it work for you and, and do the right things, but sometimes it can be 
used improperly and used to uh, do the wrong things and cause wrong verdicts and wrong outcomes. And so that's what Jesus was, that's part of what Jesus was freeing us from. So, and, um, so Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law because the curse of the law was that you had to follow everything in the law exactly all the time. And even then, um, let's see. Let's see, the righteous shall live by faith, but the law does not say that they will be righteous. The law does not bring about righteousness. The law is just getting you to conform. All right, pardon me. We had a bit of a, a break there because I had a little technical issue. And uh, we are ready, though to move on. We are in Galatians chapter 3. We're going to pick up with verse 15 and move forward. I apologize, but that technical issue um, just <laughs> kind of messed everything up there. So um, again, Galatians 3 verse 15. We're going to continue from here. Brothers and sisters, I speak in terms of human relations, even though a last will and testament is just a human covenant, yet when it has been signed and made legally binding, no one sets it aside or adds to it, modifying it in some way. No one does that legally, right? I mean, you know, no one's supposed to be doing that. There are people, of course, who've tried to do that, but Paul is talking about, you know, legally, um, once it's made legal and binding, that you know, it's not supposed to be altered or, or messed with in any way. Now the promises and the covenants were decreed to Abraham and to his seed. God does not say, and to seeds, descendants, heirs, as if referring to many persons, but as to one, and to your seed, who is none other than Christ. That is what I mean the law which came into existence 430 years later after the covenant concerning the coming Messiah does not and cannot invalidate the covenant previously established by God so as to abolish the promise. In other words, the promise to Abraham, the covenant made with Abraham, it precedes and predates the law. It is the ruling authority covenant. And that is where Jesus took us back to from, you know, he took us back to that covenant, and he also really um, freed us from Satan and all of that, um, where Adam had, you know, Adam and Eve had messed up early on by not believing God and by choosing to believe Satan. So, um, so that, um, is what Paul is referring to is that that earlier covenant with Abraham that is the ruling the ruling covenant it supersedes the law so so <clears throat> talking about the law does not and cannot invalidate the covenant previously established by God so as to abolish the promise for if the inheritance of what was promised is based on observing the law as these false teachers claim, see, he is, Paul is combating these false teachers who have come through and kind of messed with the Galatians' heads, you know, kind of told them wrong. It is no longer based on a promise. However, 
God granted it to Abraham as a gift by virtue of his promise. Why then the law? What was its purpose? It was added after the promise to Abraham to reveal to people their guilt because of transgressions, that is to make people conscious, conscious of the sinfulness of sin and the law was ordained through angels and delivered to Israel by the hand of a mediator, Moses, the mediator between God and Israel, to be in effect until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made. So this was a temporary stopgap measure to help the children of Israel until the seed, Jesus being that seed, would come. So Jesus is the seed of Abraham. See, we think of that seed as being, and you can look at it, I guess, in a couple of different ways. We think of that seed as being plural, meaning all his descendants, but Paul is saying, no, this seed is the seed. It is singular. It is Jesus. Now, the mediator, and through Jesus, through that seed, that's where we all get grafted in as Gentiles. That's how we all fall under the uh, the grace and the promise given to Abraham. It's through Jesus, the seed. He, through his sacrifice, he opened that up for us. But Paul's going to go into all that, I think, and we're going to continue on here. So, um, verse 20. Now the mediator, or go-between in a transaction, is not needed for just one party, for as God is only one, and was the only one giving the promise to Abraham. But the law was a contract between two, God and Israel. Its validity depended on both. So when it was just God giving something to Abraham, no mediator was needed. But the law was a contract between God and the nation of Israel. So it depends on both of them acting appropriately. And you notice God gave out the law. He gave out blessings and curses. If you follow the law, you receive the blessings. If you don't, you receive the curses. We'll get to that all that further back in the Old Testament when we get around there, Lord willing. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a system of law had been given which could impart life, then righteousness, right standing with God, would actually have been based on the law. But the scripture has imprisoned everyone, everything, the entire world under sin, so that the inheritance, the blessing of salvation, which was promised through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe in him and acknowledge him as God's precious son. So, the... Uh, when he talks, when Paul mentions in verse 22 about the scripture has imprisoned everyone, everything, the entire world under sin, uh, I believe that he's referring to the effect of sin on the entire world and the fact that um, Adam and Eve had transgressed and put uh, basically Satan, sin, in charge. When they chose to believe him over God, they made him their God, they made they made sin kind of the, their God. And Satan had more power back here in these days before Jesus had stripped him of that power. So, 
So when it says the scripture has imprisoned everyone, everything under sin, um, you know, we believe that it is just referring to the effect of sin on the entire world through, like I said, through Adam and Eve. Okay. <clears throat> And that was, uh, which was promised through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe in him and acknowledge him as God's precious son. So this was the plan all along, to get us out from under Satan, to get us out from under sin, was through Abraham and his seed. That promise to Abraham to get us all out from under and restore us back to a more right standing and righteousness with God. Where... We worship God the Father through Jesus, and we are not putting sin and Satan uh, ahead of that of, of him. We are not worshiping sin and Satan. Now, before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, perpetually imprisoned in preparation for the faith that was destined to be revealed. Within Oh, with the result that the law has become our tutor and our disciplinarian to guide us to Christ, so that we may be justified, that is declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty, and placed in right standing with God by faith. So the law was just that. It was a teacher, it was a guide to help us get somewhere, to help Israel, the children of Israel, reach a certain point, a certain destination where Jesus the Messiah would come, and they would we would have the opportunity, everyone, they, the Jews, and all of us would have the opportunity to be in right standing with God by faith, like Abraham was. And before then, before uh, Adam and Eve's uh, error, before their error, like they were with God. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the control and authority of a tutor and disciplinarian. For you who are born again have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, and are all children of God set apart for his purpose with full rights and privileges through faith in Christ Jesus. And that's how we are all the children of God, spiritually, because we have been reborn, the new birth, being uh, baptized into Christ. We are spiritually transformed. Now it takes time and effort to change our minds and our habits and everything else, but spiritually speaking, God accepts us as the flawed people we are and helps us uh, improve and do better over time. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union with the Christ, the anointed, have clothed yourselves with Christ, that is, you have taken on his characteristics and values. And we have. It takes it takes time to get all of that. And, and I mean, maybe we will never reach the perfection of Jesus. I know I certainly haven't. But, you know, it takes, uh, it takes time. But we have taken on his characteristics and values, especially in a spiritual sense. And that's how God sees us through Jesus or as a part of Jesus. Now, uh, there is now no distinction in regard to salvation. Neither Jew nor Greek... There is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you who believe are all one in Christ Jesus. No one can claim a spiritual superiority. 
And if you belong to Christ, if you are in him, then you are Abraham's descendants and spiritual heirs according to God's promise. Because we are born into Christ, we are reborn into Christ who is Abraham's seed, and thus we become a part of that promise and a part of Abraham's seed. Then you are Abraham's descendants and spiritual heirs according to God's promise. So Paul explains that out very well here so that the Galatians can understand. That is the end of chapter 3. It's a very good explanation of how Jesus is the seed of Abraham and how we are the descendants of Abraham and spiritual heirs through, through Jesus. So, thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, God loves you.